0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by one of my closest and dearest friends, Mr. Lex Friedman. You mean me, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, there are a couple other Lex Friedmans on the planet. I just want to confirm it was uh, well, you're, you're the one joining me. So okay. yes, you. you. Well, thank I mean, you. I, I don't, I don't know any other Lex Friedman. I know an Alexandra Friedman. Yeah, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. And also today we have with us very special guest, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Ophir Eisenberg, yeah, you got it right. Yes, you look it. at that. See, and you, there's no confusion as if really. I'm, if you know, the, for the other Ophir Eisenberg, there is just but one.
0: I don't know. There were two on Skype. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, true. Really? it's true. It's <laughs> true. They might both be you. One no, no, might be an old both Skype made. account. Of both yours. Yeah. Okay. Or or there is another one out there, and you should. Um, I, I don't know. Either uh, apologize to the other one or. <laughs> We are overrun with Ophira's on this planet all of a sudden.
1: I would be so psyched if there was another Ophira Eisenberg. Are you kidding me? That would be. I don't amazing... know if the world is
0: big enough to handle that. I, I, <laughs> I do know uh, two other Lex Freedmans, um, one of whom is one and one of whom is about, I don't know, 28 or so. And both are female, which is a big, you know. Oh, Lexi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting.
1: It's oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. One of the reasons we call him sexy Lexi. That's right. Aw. Now, Ophira, Just we one,
1: just one of the reasons. I get it.
0: <laughs> one of the many, many reasons. <laughs> Before we, we dive in too deep, for, for the uninformed, for the woefully uninformed, let's say, the tell our listeners. Uninformed. That's right. Tell our listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Uh, sure. Tell the listeners who you are. My name is Ophira Eisenberg. If you don't know who this is, that's a problem. Now, I am the host of a new show on NPR, a word game trivia and puzzle show called Ask Me Another. And uh, I also, um, I do stand up and I write um, actually my first book ever, first memoir ever. I don't know if you can write more than one memoir. That seems weird. But anyways, it's the first one. It's called, uh, it's called Screw Everyone, Sleeping My Way to Monogamy.
0: I'm writing that down. (laughs) And uh, screw everyone. Uh, (laughs) That's, um, that's about what, what exactly? That's, that's, that's Uh, that's advice, not a condemnation.
1: Yeah, no, Screw Everyone is, uh, yeah, it's it's basically, I'm talking a lot about politics and religion, it's sort of a, yeah, it's it's a, uh, (laughs) it's a lot of theory about uh, religious thought, mostly Eastern religious thought. No, it's about me sleeping around and then ending (laughs) up with the guy.
0: Well, that's a, well, that's, that's a, that's a fairy tale right there. That's, that's my kind of book. Yeah. Slept
1: around with a lot of people and I'm not sad about
0: it. But Dave, what I'm most excited about right now is that Ophir and I have something in common. We have each published books about sex. I don't know that I would count yours as well. Oh, it's, it's my book. Y- yeah, well, one of my yeah. many, many books, Ophir, none of which is a memoir yet. Okay. Is the Snuggy Sutra. That is autobiographical, uh, though, right? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to write a sexual position involving a snuggie unless I can be assured that it will work for my readers. I'm just going to leave <laughs> it that. I love snuggies.
1: I have
0: two. Well, oh. <laughs> you need the book, <laughs> and I have your address, so I'm sending you a copy.
1: Thank you very
0: much. And uh, the the uh, not to get into it, but the whole snuggie versus slanket thing. Slanket was a sponsor of ours, so we've got a. Oh, you know, we got we got, to, we got to we got to we got to talk up the slanket right. over the snuggie if we. If oh we
1: yeah, N- you know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, I think I have one snuggie and one slanket. Now that well, I'm thinking
0: about it, I'm, I'm glad you righted your original snuggie wrong at the very
1: least. <laughs> yeah, see that 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 was a very I'm Canadian. That was a very Canadian moment right there. What I just did. See, I was like, no, we can't have anyone win. We'll make everyone <laughs> even.
0: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> one reason we scheduled this episode for when we did is we wanted to make sure you followed up. Um, I think you're just a week or two after uh, another Canadian guest we had on the show, Dave Coulier. And if I'm not mistaken, you're a huge <laughs> Coulier fan, right? You,
1: I am. You, I think you I, watched a lot
0: of Full House. Right? I've,
1: I've never watched one episode. I know more about Dave <laughs> Coulier from listening to Alanis Morissette's songs oh. than I know from watching him. No, I never. Uh, I have a weird thing when it comes. I'm, I'm terrible with pop culture trivia. Because, uh, yet very good at very specific maybe that's everybody but i didn't watch television for like i don't know seven years
0: is that a canadian thing no or it was just me heisenberg thing it
1: was just me just me alone there was even a television in my house i just didn't watch it not weird you know
0: I- i'm being told by my my producer dave Whiskis, he's he's maintaining <laughs> that coulier is not canadian he's from michigan Oh, so didn't really? you read Wikipedia? Now Come I did. On, he's totally American. However, he likes hockey, so he's essentially Canadian.
1: Yeah, we. I think we. Uh, we just decided he was part Canadian because of Alas Morris. Right. <laughs> it's like, exactly. well, he was with a Canadian, so that means he has some Canadian in him now.
0: Yeah, he's Canadian by proxy. Is Canadian sexually transmitted?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is a. Uh, it's a. Some people call it a curable disease. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they talk about you know when they talk about how. Um, uh, now I can't think of the word, but how you can, you can sort of, uh, you know, somebody who's not necessarily specifically Caucasian can still, uh, seem white. Oh, where's this going? No, but like I took this class in college on blacks and Jews and how, even though I'm a Jew, you're shitting me. Wait, That's a class. Yeah, yeah. Was that what it was called? I had, yeah, it was called, it was called blacks and Jews. No. Blacks and Jews 101. And it was filled with both, by the way, uh, with no overlap, <laughs> but there was, um, no, but but you, gold, you, could, you could trade on your white currency, they told me, even though I, I thought of myself as Jewish more than I thought of myself as white at the time because I was in college and stupid. Uh, do you appreciate, Ophira, your ability to play as American, the fact that people wouldn't necessarily guess Canadian? Or do you try to express your Canadianness as much as possible so that people know, no, you are not dealing with, a, with an American person? I wish this question were longer. <laughs> I there. Me,
1: my answer is yes. No. Uh, uh, I will say that when I moved here, I, had a, I didn't know I, that I had an accent, but I had a really strong Canadian accent. And I finally heard it, but people would laugh at me all the time just for my accent. Because I guess it sounded silly. You know, it sounded very Canadian. A lot of lilts at the end of, of uh, my sentences, always ending up, and uh, just, look, you know, the out and all that classic stuff. Well, you
0: you said it right that time.
1: Yeah, well, I have to really think about it now to say it incorrectly. Sometimes if I have a few drinks in me, I'll say it my old Canadian way. Uh, But there's something very interesting when you can hear your own accent. I don't know if you've ever done that when you can all of a sudden hear that you sound different than everybody else because you have just that amount of awareness. It's weird.
0: Yes. I've lived in New Jersey now for seven years. And I hear it whenever I have a New Jerseyan pronunciation of something. Yeah. It doesn't happen too often, but when I hear it, I hear it and also hate myself for it.
1: Yeah, no, every time I hear my Canadian one, I just feel like, oh, God, I sound so stupid. When I, you know, I'll go to Canada and visit my family and they all have Canadian accents, as it turns out. And I never go, wow, well, these people are idiots. I mean, I do that for other reasons, but not how they sound.
0: So the Canadian accent runs in the family then. <laughs>
1: yeah, we all got it. Uh, but, and so I love, I always say, ha ha ha, Americans as Canadians walk amongst you undetected, you know, <laughs> be careful.
0: I became really self-aware of, of accent living in Europe, being the American amongst a group of, of various European people. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it, I got called not just on the accent, but on like American things to say. The one that we would get made fun of for was, uh, I know, right?
1: I know. Right. Always the right at the end. Um, uh, I still, there's, there are a few words I refuse to give up. First of all, I will never say foyer ever. I don't care what happens foyer? in life. I'm not saying foyer. Didn't you say foyer. Foyer. It is foyer. It is foyer.
0: Well, there are plenty of people who say foyer. Foyer. Ooh. I don't know. There, it's White regional. People.
1: It's a regional thing. Uh, I will not say gala.
0: <laughs> what you say, gala or gala? Gala. Okay. Gala.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah that's and right.
1: I will not say <laughs> garbage disposal. I will say garburetor.
0: Okay, that's wrong. Are you serious about that last one, or is that a joke? No,
1: nope, that is serious.
0: <laughs> You're making that shit. Nobody says that. Say it again. The gar- Garburator?
1: Garburator. Yep.
0: That's hilarious. Is, that, is there any chance that that's a brand name? Nope. <laughs> is that like Kleenex? Nope. Garburator. The best garbage compactors yep. in the business.
1: It's just what they're called. They're called a garburator. Like, in the sink. It's the one that's in the sink.
0: Yeah, no, I understood. Yeah. It sounds like a god-awful sex toy. <laughs>
1: Like, like a little. It's large. The carburetor is a large sex toy, by the way. Yeah. That is available in one size: XXL.
0: Wow! It that's man. Look at that. And it's <laughs> Wikipedia even agrees. It is a word.
1: Yeah, of course it's a well, word. If
0: it's on Wikipedia, then it right? Be Why true. would they lie?
1: Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they got that entry. I wrote.
0: I. I I'm just remembering in college. Or no, I'm sorry. In high school. Let me try one more time. In sixth grade. I had to remember which, <laughs> what year this teacher taught me. Mr. Miser, we had some some Canadian uh, visit the class to talk about something. I don't remember what the person talked about. The fact that they were Canadian was not the important part. But one of the kids in my class during the Q&A said, uh, so how does it feel to be in America and the guy got really angry and said, "I'm just as American as you because I too am from North America." Uh, was that guy an outlier?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's, come on now. I mean, That's, I, yeah. I, I know that. Uh, I know that that guy. I've met that guy before. I know who that is. <laughs> but well, I you think, tell uh, him that
0: we don't appreciate what he says. <laughs> I
1: think Canadians are very. They're, they're really into being, no no, no Can- Canadian wants to be confused as an American, and Americans don't care about Canada enough to care if they are confused, but that I think that is the true relationship. So that person being like, no, we're all the same. No, they're not. I'll, every Canadian will be like, oh my God, when I'm in Europe, I don't want people to accidentally think I'm an American. But I will say that I, I've only ever lived in New York, so I do not know of living in America. Else. I've traveled a lot throughout America, and I will say that... Uh, you know, it seems like everyone's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think New York is a perfect representation <laughs> of America. We're all exactly like that. Right. If, yeah, you, if you've seen New York, you've seen it all.
1: It's pretty much the same, right? Yes. Uh, New York, Denver. You're in Denver, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all skyscrapers, as far as the eye can see.
1: <laughs> I love Denver. It's a great place.
0: Skyscrapers and snow. Oh,
1: yeah, right. Mountains. Mountains of skyscrapers. Where you are right now in Denver is very much... Very similar to where I grew up, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, as far as sort of the, I mean, we had mountains. Uh, you guys have a lot of like cattle ranchers, right? is there a lot of ranchers
0: not, around Denver? Not
1: in Denver. <laughs> but around, right around Denver.
0: Well, uh, yeah, nearby. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like Calgary. Although, you know,
0: yeah. uh, they do the stock show here every year and uh, they do a parade that goes pretty much right by my apartment so it's not that as is, unusual as you would think to see cows downtown that is more canadian than canada right, than <laughs> it might right? So, like uh, there, do you watch the parade of cows go by i no I, I does everybody like bust out a carton of milk and some cheese <laughs> and say let's watch the cows oh, cow go"? <laughs> well, it's, it's a stock show so what happens is people will line up on the streets and watch the stock show parade and it's people dancing and i think there's oh juggling and there's a guy dressed as a matador and <laughs> All sorts of crazy shit. That sounds uh,
1: like the greatest day of entertainment I have heard.
0: I usually sleep through it, to be honest. Uh, but I, I know from experience that walking around afterwards, they don't do the best job in the world of cleaning up after the horses. Right.
1: Yeah. How, 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 how would you hire someone for that? That's
0: terrible. Well, just attach a bag or something.
1: <laughs> uh, can you imagine watching that parade of a bunch of animals walking down the street with bags attached to the back of them? No one wants to see that parade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or like at the at the circus, get a guy with a shovel. Yeah,
1: we need a lot of guys, with a lot of shovels. Anyways, you, he, we'll, we'll have to work on that. You're right. There's, there's a problem that needs to be solved. You need an invention.
0: You mentioned, um, Dave, that there's a, a guy dressed up as a matador. Have either of you ever seen a bull flight, a bullfight live? Not bull, a bull flight. flight. That's less common. A bullfight bull live.
1: I never have. No.
0: No. It it sounds great. <laughs> My parents dragged us to one in Spain and to one in Mexico, and it's a oh, man. It's horrible. I don't have to convince anybody I think that bullfighting is kind of gross, but it was gross. It's, it's just one of those animal abuse sorts of things. Yes, I just feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, Like, I'll eat a hamburger, but I don't feel okay about I'll that. I'll eat a bull burger, exactly, but I'm not going to, yeah.
1: But I don't even like zoos, I have to say. As a kid, obviously, I went to them, but now I find them very sad. Like, I, I can't handle it.
0: Do, is that true for all zoos for you, or do you, are you talking like are you talking the zoo that you'd seen in Curious George book where there's bars and it's really <laughs> yeah. it's basically animal jails? Because to me, I don't I I don't like those, but I don't mind the the big open even though they're still confined and and too confined. I mind way less, you know these natural habitat ones where there there's no gates there's like you know they're in these giant enclosures with glass the ones that seem homier i don't mind as much no
1: i think they do a better job of that now but you still see i don't know i it's still you see i feel like for the mammals just the big mammals and the apes you just see them they look bored to me I
0: need them knitting activities. I need social. I feel bad for them. I want them to be able to travel. I want them to a better life. I put them on a plane. I uh, see. I agree with that, but I, I I think zoos are sad. But I will say that I like going to the zoo. One because I like seeing animals, but yeah. two because that's how you can support them. Otherwise, the the conditions just get worse. So that's it's true. kind of a double edged sword, right? No,
1: yeah, and there's a the conservation aspect. Um, but you know, I don't know, apes, seeing apes because they look right at you and they always just seem so
0: mad. you know like in those celebrity magazines and it's like they're just like us sometimes yeah. for me to go to the zoo and see how bored they are makes <laughs> me feel a bit better about like my own life
1: it's just like me i had <laughs> nothing to do this weekend either
0: <laughs> i yeah. sat around doing nothing too <laughs> oh
1: my goodness i just
0: want to confirm though ophira you eat meat yes
1: Oh, yeah, I do eat meat,
0: yeah, okay, and I mean, I just I hear you that it's 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 frustrating or 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 depressing to see a bored animal, but I have to imagine that they'd rather be bored than in my mouth, no, I mean, I eat plenty of meat, <laughs> but I'm just saying if they had a pick. I'm just—I don't know. Full <laughs> quote.
1: No, you're right. You're right. I—I—I uh, I, I am very conflicted all the time about the fact that I'm like, oh, that poor animal. Look at it, just walking back and forth. Oh, delicious. Exactly. Roast beef That's sandwich. exactly right. Mm. I go to
0: the zoo and I'm like, man, am I hungry? I could. Yeah. Totally, I bet that elephant right. ear is tangy.
1: Yeah, I'm not. It's not tangy. like I'm wearing green peppers on my feet at, either. You
0: know. <laughs> now, <laughs> when you when you go, <laughs> when you say. I'm thinking back now. I'm just wondering if this is a Canadian thing. When you uh, forget the garburator, which is still blowing my mind, (laughs) yeah. But when you when you lean towards foyer, is that a French thing? Is that because of the the French overlap in Canada?
1: You know what? I I always thought it was, uh, or I just thought you know that well that it's a French derived word and that's why you pronounce it that way. But and I don't. You can check it out for yourself. But someone told me that it's not. That it's not a French derived word.
0: So suck on that, Lex. I will.
1: So, yeah, but you would think, to be quite honest, though, I don't know if you've ever heard Quebecois. It is certainly French, but it is not, uh, it is almost unrecognizable back-to-back with Parisian French. Right. So it's not like it's it's really influencing uh, other languages. It is its own little thing.
0: Well, my dictionaries here all say that it is, it, the etymology is French, so tell oh, okay. your other informer to bite yeah, me. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Finally.
0: So, Fira, do you have experience with other French things?
1: <laughs> Speaking of biting. Worst uh, segue ever. Well, I'm good. just
0: saying you can get from French A to French B. That's all I was trying to I, say. <laughs> I, I agree, and I was going there, too. So French
1: B. I'll take French B.
0: <laughs> well, French B, uh, for $200, <laughs> is the French horn.
1: Yes, the French horn. I, uh, did you grow up, did you guys grow up playing musical instruments?
0: I started playing guitar when I was 13. Before that, I played, uh, I wanted to play the saxophone when I was a kid, and my music teacher said that I couldn't play the saxophone until I did a year of clarinet.
1: Right, yes. I
0: did the year of clarinet. And, uh, like I, I passed everything, flying colors, got great grades. And then the teacher's like, we want you to do one more year of clarinet. And I said, fuck this. I'm out. And I didn't, I didn't pick up another musical instrument until guitar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Clarinet is the gateway drug to saxophone.
0: I did. Uh... <laughs> That's enough saxophone for you today, Dave. <laughs> Slow it down. I learned it by watching you. I did, um, I did, uh, uh, t- one month of piano lessons. Um, and then years years later, I taught myself to play the piano mediocre-ishly. And I, uh, <laughs> I studied the trumpet for several years. Oh. And then when I got braces, it hurt too much, and I stopped, and oh. then I never started again.
1: Oh, yeah. All of this stuff. I always think I'd like to pick up an instrument again, and then I just also think, really, do I need one more thing right now in life that I'm not that good at? like you know it's just another thing that you're like if i practice every day one day i'll be decent at this like i don't need to add to the pile but i i didn't i never got lessons i went to ballet lessons so in my family you had to choose you couldn't have everything but in
0: well you lived in canada
1: i did live in canada (laughs) it was
0: hard living man things were sparse right money was tight
1: yeah exactly as pioneers uh so in it's like the oregon trail (laughs) Exactly. In grade 7, I believe. Uh, See, there's another Canadian thing. You say 7th grade, I I always say grade 7, grade 8, grade 9, grade 10, and that's what everyone would say. Matter of fact, we don't even use that freshman, sophomore, uh, terminology that I can... I'm still confused. I'm like, why? what's a sophomore? It makes zero sense to me. I'm like, and then a junior and then a senior? that Chronologically, that is a mess, by <laughs> yes. the way. It is a mess. So I'll agree words. with I don't, you. I don't that. like any of that.
0: So you say grade 10, grade 11, grade 12? Yeah. Okay.
1: Nice and easy. I, and, I can get behind and, that. And so in grade 7, you could take band class and you could pick up an instrument and start from scratch, right? Kind of like you with the clarinet. So... Everyone, and it was kind of a, you know, run, go, and you had to pick up your instrument, and there was only so many clarinets and so many flutes. Now all the girls that I knew, all my friends gravitated towards the the clarinets and the flutes. And then a couple girls went for trumpet. Uh, But I always wanted to be different. So I decided on French horn, which, just because I thought it looked cool, it's a cool-looking instrument. It's It's definitely a cool
0: instrument. It's got its own thing going on.
1: Yeah, it, you had of course it said junior high. So you have we had, like had to bring our instruments home every night. So I'm walking home every day with this massive, super heavy instrument. That was a mistake. All the flute girls were like, ha ha ha, you know, just running by you with their <laughs> flute. Uh, and it's a very difficult instrument to play. Very, very difficult instrument to play. So, as it turns out, it's like one of the hardest. Who knew I had to pick that? That so,
0: might have tainted your perspective of how hard it is to learn other musical instruments.
1: <laughs> maybe. But it is hard and you know, because you only have three uh you have, you only have three uh levers. That's not what they're called. What are they called?
0: I was thinking that there, there must be buttons or valves. I'm valves. Right. Valves guess, is correct.
1: I guess valves is correct. Yeah, valves is correct. Uh but you have Also
0: your... you say levers.
1: Levers? Can you say levers? I don't think so. Well uh, the,
0: instead of levers.
1: Oh it's levers. Oh yeah. Well, that that could just be me. Don't don't blame Canada for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And I have to, you have to create like a billion notes from just you eat these, and so it's all your mouth. It's all your mouth, and how to figure out in that little tiny tiny mouthpiece that is disgusting, and then you there's spit going through your instrument. That you, I and mean, it's Ugh. kind of disgusting, right?
0: The, the spit trap in any instrument is horrible.
1: Yeah, and then you have to put your hand in the bell. It's a whole weird thing. But I kind of liked it. I was decent at it. Okay, I think I was a uh, second French horn in the in the band, and then moved up. Now I'm in a public school. Humble brag. <laughs> and, yeah, public school, That that is a humble brag. That is a true humble brag. And the, uh, but strangely, the band teacher was pretty religious. He was, uh, I don't remember what subsect of Christianity, but he was pretty religious. And he all of a sudden started doing little gospely y things uh, in class and gave us little lectures and wanted us to pray. Mm. And I was one of the, I think I was the only Jewish girl in the in that school, I have been class. the only
0: Jewish girl so many times.
1: I know it's tough, right? But yes. I Run Yom Kippur. You're like nobody gets it. Um, and he got in trouble. He got the drummer came to school wearing a T-shirt that had a Budweiser can on. I was a Molson can, I'm sure, it had a Molson can <laughs> on it. And the band teacher was, you know, he was adamantly against all the stuff, moral, moral, moral. And he was like, you are not allowed to be in my band with that shirt on. And the drummer's like, come on, man, whatever, (laughs) like a typical drummer in training (laughs) with the beer shirt on. He goes, well, do you drink beer? Because, you know, we're in grade seven. What are we, like 12, 13 years old? Right. And the kid goes, no. And he goes, well, then you can't wear the shirt. And I put up my hand and I said, you can tell exactly what time period this is. I said, so if I don't windsurf, am I not allowed to wear a T-shirt with a windsurfer on it?
0: Oh, (laughs) snap.
1: Uh, And then he said, Ophira Eisberg, a name he never liked uttering. Why? Jewish. (laughs) He asked me to see him after class.
0: I was going to guess because it's hard to say.
1: I saw him after band class. And he basically kind of told me that I didn't belong in band.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. And And that was it, huh? That was the end of the Frenching? That was it. The French warning?
1: End of the Frenching all the frenching was over.
0: In my school, you could pick whichever instrument you wanted. You had to fill out a form and send it back to school, and the band ended up 75% flutes because they were the cheapest instrument.
1: <laughs> right? The cheap it's brilliant. They are cheap and small. It's a right. good it's a good starter instrument.
0: I think it's interesting that they pushed those kinds of instruments in and in what would you call it? Elementary school? Right. The yeah. early grades for younger kids because they're they're just so not rock and roll no, no and that's about the only period in a child's life when you could convince them that something like a flute or a french horn is cool
1: yeah and what is what is the what is the flute of gateway instrument for anything
0: uh not having sex
1: <laughs> yeah, as a guy
0: if right. you want to be in an Irish folk band, I think that that that's a great thing. But can't you? It,
1: it doesn't prepare you to play a different instrument. but can't you also play? You know, like the clarinet. If you play clarinet, you can kind of play saxophone. Yeah, it's but, an easy jump. there's no. But flute. clarinet
0: is is like you level up to saxophone. With flute, that's pretty much right. the top level. Yeah, I think. it's like
1: you can only, you can go back down to piccolo if you had to.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Recorder. Or, maybe maybe it uh helps to sharpen your awesome kazoo skills but i don't think it does much beyond that
1: <laughs> your awesome kazoo skills
0: <laughs> i could be wrong we're going to get like a 100 angry emails from flautists i kind of always wish that I had learned to play the accordion, which I know is like probably one of the least cool instruments. But I, I can look at some instruments, even if I don't know how to play them, I get the idea. Like you push the different yeah. Levers, yeah, levers in tandem, and you're going to get some notes out of them. But with the accordion, it's got so many buttons on the one side. I don't understand how you could ever possibly know which one to play. And so I want to learn it. Just so I, It's sort of like the same reason I got into magic. I want to understand how it's done.
1: You got into magic? How's the
0: magic going? Uh, it's not going that great anymore i mean it, it, i entertain my kids and yeah. their friends with magic at this point
1: uh that's you, about it are you card tricks or trick tricks
0: uh i do all kinds of close-up magic including card tricks
1: yeah uh i am i love magic there's a store here called Tannenbombs. bombs
0: oh i'm familiar
1: yeah and i used to i think it would be a little weird now but i i used to go and just kind of hang out because i just loved watching them do the tricks i didn't want to buy them and i knew i didn't have the skill to learn them i just loved watching them I was, uh, yeah, I could have been, an, maybe I could have been a magician's assistant. God damn it. All these different possibilities.
0: You keep doing this. You you don't want to, you don't want to do magic because it would be, it would take too long to get good at. You didn't want to learn another instrument because you think it would take too long to get good at it. Maybe. Yeah. I, maybe you're looking at this the wrong way. When I started playing (laughs) guitar, when I started playing guitar, I really wanted to be good at guitar and I found that I sucked at it. Yeah. And it's not just, I don't know. Sometimes I I have this stupid idea that I can just pick something up and do it and I'll be great at it. And it never works out that way. Right. But I I get a guitar. I'm 13 years old. I get my guitar and I start playing. I'm terrible at it. And it got to a point where it was boredom more than any drive to be great. That drove me back to picking the guitar up. And over time, like, you know, being a bored teenager, I well, I got nothing else to. I'll pick up my guitar for a little while. After enough time, that just turned into me being a decent guitar player. Right. So if you if you set your goal as this is a thing to occupy my time because I enjoy it rather than I'm trying to become great at something, not to offer you life advice or anything.
1: Yeah, sounds like a hobby, huh? Sounds
0: like a hobby. <laughs> I yeah. Just, I um I I just am <laughs> intrigued here by you expressing. Disappointment. Oh, I could have done. I could have been a French <laughs> horn player. I could have been a magician's citizen. And you host a national radio show, and you have your own Wikipedia page, which is <laughs> star enough. Your memoir is about to be published, and let's not. I'm mean, such a loser. I've done my homework. I happen to know who the first ever comic to be called over to the desk after her set was on the Late was, Late Show with Craig oh, Ferguson. That
1: was very recently. That was cool. That was a. I mean, in retrospect, it was cool. During it, I thought he was going to yell at me because um, that's how my brain works. I'm like, great, someone's going to yell at me.
0: <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, fairie, get over to my desk. Yeah,
1: exactly. I was like, who's going to yell at me? Who did something wrong? Oh, here we go. What the hell Rushed were you over. doing on my stage? <laughs> Which I love that that is like the level of sabotage that my brain will engage in uh, just to make sure that I'm not enjoying anything in <laughs> real time. No, thank you very much. This, that's nice. And that is, that is, uh, that's right. I... Lucked out because this other thing that I wasn't very, I, I wasn't very good at—I worked really hard at, which was talking. <laughs> and I know from this <laughs> podcast, you might be thinking to yourself, "Really? That's what you do professionally?" Because you are not talking very well. <laughs> levers, levers. Uh, Fucking Canadians.
0: <laughs> Dave, let's pause just a moment to acknowledge this episode's <laughs> fine, fine sponsors. Fine, fine, fine sponsors. That's right, because we have three fine sponsors. It's three today. First up is uh, our good friend Smile Software. The URL you want today is smilesoftware.com/unpro. They make PDF Pen. PDF Pen for Mac version six is out now. If you go to smilesoftware.com/unpro, you're going to see a video from David Sparks telling you all about it. It lets you edit PDF files, and when I say edit, I mean like seriously edit. You can add text images and signatures to PDFs, correct text in the original PDF with editable text blocks, move, resize, copy, delete images in the original PDF, redact text, erase text, OCR text, search and redact, search and replace, scan from image capture, do full OCR to recognize any text in the document, fill out interactive forms, add page numbers. You can pretty much just do anything you can imagine to a PDF. Imagine that you have a PDF and you think, I wanna do this thing to the PDF. I'm pretty sure PDF pen for Mac version 6 can do it. So go to smilesoftware.com slash unpro. Check them out. Tell them Unprofessional sent you. Uh, you watch that video that David Sparks made about PDF pen for Mac version 6, and you're going to say to yourself, why don't I already own this? And, boy, my life is so much better now that I know about it. It sounds like magic. It's pretty much magic plus PDFs equals PDF pen for Mac version 6. It's uh, and PDFs are notoriously a pain to try to do anything with. If you've ever gotten a contract or, or had to deal with a bank, with PDFs, you know how much of a nightmare it can be, right? And you know, Preview does a tiny bit of what PDF Pen for well, you does. can do like the signature stuff, you I mean, like you right. can add text. That's okay, you, but it's not great. It's so clunky. It's so annoying to add text, and it's man. And getting to the tools in and, in and and, uh, Preview is not the easiest thing in the world to do. No, it's really not. Uh, second sponsor today is Basecamp. I love those Singles. guys. Yeah, I'm a huge Basecamp fan. And I I mean that absolutely sincerely. I use Basecamp on almost every client project and every uh, uh, design project I've ever worked on. Uh, With an entire project on one page, nothing gets lost, and your team always knows where things are. You can keep files and important documents on Basecamp so everyone knows where to find them. The app works natively on iPhone, works great on Android and Windows in the mobile browser. Over 7,000 Basecamp accounts are created each week. Over 8 million projects managed with Basecamp. I'm a huge Basecamp fan. I cannot say enough good things about it. It keeps me sane when I'm working with other people. I completely agree. They're at Basecamp.com slash unprofessional. Make sure you go to our URL so they know we sent you. Basecamp.com slash unprofessional. When you're on that page, it mentions that 97% of their customers recommend them to others. And that's that's pretty high marks. We use it, to yeah. it with Mule. I use it for every project that I'm on of any size. and. I don't know. Basecamp works exactly the way I want it to, exactly the way my brain expects it to, and and that's why I love it. It's my brain on the web. I'm a member of like eight different Basecamps right now. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody I know uses it. I don't even know who we're going to be advertising to because everybody already uses Basecamp. If you're not using Basecamp, you're crazy. Right. So go to Basecamp.com slash unprofessional and and do that whole thing. Now, our third and final sponsor, Dave, is one that our listeners probably have never heard of. I'm kidding. (laughs) It's Squarespace. Listen, you hear Squarespace all the time. We get it. Maybe you're even a little tired of hearing about Squarespace, but here's the thing. If you have to have an advertiser who's clearly doing so well that they can afford to advertise on a bunch of shows like ours, and you're going to hear about one all the time, at least you want it to be an awesome company like Squarespace. They really are great people. They've, uh, they've got a, an amazing product. We use it every day for Unprofesh.com. Yes, Unprofesh.com for all your Unprofesh needs. But they're also <laughs> kind enough to uh, they're sponsoring your trip to Australia. That's right. When unprofessional is down under, that'll be courtesy of uh, Squarespace. Yeah. In no small part. But so it's they make website manipulation and hosting and management drag and drop. You drag a photo from your desktop onto the Squarespace window. Boom, it's uploaded to your website. You want to add a blog, you press a button and add a blog. You want to add a module that takes some of your blog posts, you can do that. And it, it really is. It's fully drag and drop. But, I mean, Dave and I are, are no schlubs in the website editing department. So if you want to get hardcore and tweak your CSS, if you want to get in there and get your hands knee deep in code. I don't know if hands can get knee deep. But if you want to do it. If <laughs> hardcore. You want, CSS editing action. So well, here's the thing. So you go to squarespace.com slash unprofessional. Then you get a free trial, first of all. You don't even have to give them a credit card. When they say free trial, it's not like free trial and will sneakily charge you in a couple of weeks. It's a I truly when free trial. No credit card. When you're ready to buy, you click on enter an offer code during the checkout process. It's right underneath the pricing. You put in the offer code unprofessional4. It's unprofessional. You can spell it. 4, the number 4. You'll get 10% off. And it's already cheap to begin with it's you know you're talking less than for for their one of their popular plans less than eight bucks a month. This is not not breaking the bank and this is you get that if you do the prepaid the year in advance, you get the ten percent discount on the whole thing. thing is you know we had Squarespace as a sponsor before we had the squarespace managed site, and we talked about them, and we like them. I mean we like anybody who wants to sponsor our show, but these folks actually. Uh, you know, w- once we actually signed up and started using Squarespace for Unprofesh.com, we went from just, you know, we're happy to promote them to, oh, my God, we're generally proselytizing. We want you to go sign up for Squarespace because it's really that good. It's like it's like meth. The first one's free. Except with Squarespace, your teeth don't fall out. <laughs> speaking of your teeth falling out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of teeth falling out. You should go to uh, Twitter.com slash Unprofesh, Facebook.com slash Unprofesh. Or if you're so inclined, go on to iTunes and give us some star ratings. But the, I think the, the most important thing we could ever ask of our listeners, and we ask a lot, but but the most important thing we could ever ask is tell your friends. Tell your friends about this show. Get them listening. And uh, if your friends have important products to advertise to our fine, attractive, and uh, delightful and eager-to-spend-money listeners, tell them to go to sponsor.muleradio.net, and we'll we'll hook a brother or sister up. That's what we do. We should get back to this show. If you say so. And back to you, Ophira. <laughs> but I, I we're not allowed to talk about your job so i specifically want to talk about when you're yeah, off hours yeah and what i'm wondering is <laughs> when your friends know i mean your friends know who you are and i, I imagine as they, they, most they, comics i know <laughs> you make this sound yeah. a little creepy lex it's good but like many it. many comics are friends with many other comics but you also have friends who are not in the comedy biz yeah
1: we call them Do- non comms
0: do you find that the non-coms, whether you're going to a rom-com or not, do you find that uh-huh. they either feel extra pressure to try to be funny, or they they try to be funny just to show you, well, you might get paid to do it, but I could totally do that. Like, do you, do you? I'm wondering, do you have dickish and or jealous and or uh, overcompensating friends who try extra hard to be funny in front of you because they are not comedians and you are?
1: Okay, first of all, if anyone that you can imagine how annoying that would be. If someone's like, yeah, listen to my job, da da da. I feel like competing. Uh, you know, it's, but they would not be my friend. Yeah. And that's just like the bottom line. Plus when I'm not on stage per se, I don't, I mean, I don't, I love having amusing conversations like everybody else, but I do not feel any pressure nor desire to make someone laugh.
0: Thank you. My biggest problem, I know a few, I'll say a few young comedians. And the thing that drives me nuts is, I know of a few comedians and the 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 people who are like just getting started in their first couple of years of being a comedian it feels like they 're just trying so hard to be on all the time
1: it 's terrible it 's so annoying and I will tell this this is a non this is a story that happened after work. I was at the mohegan Sun uh, this last weekend don 't be jealous that 's a humble brag <laughs> if, that, if, you, if you want to talk about something that sounds vaguely like a punishment. Uh, and but it was actually an all-right show but uh, after the show I will say I mean I'm not a gambler totally not interested As a matter of fact this is what I did I went just they have a, stores there I went to Sephora this makeup store was open till 1 a.m I'm, I'm that was my Whoa. level of gambling literally I'm like in thinking about it going oh I'm buying you know these people are putting 10 20 dollars in a slot machine I'm about to give someone 90 bucks for some eye cream like Wait,
0: uh, the gambling <laughs> is how much will I overspend at Sephora given yeah. it's the late hour yeah,
1: no, I'm buying hope. I'm just buying hope.
0: Why on earth would they be open till one? Because, because all it's the stores, a are, yeah,
1: it's a casino. It's just everything's open. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, but before that, I went to. They have some nice restaurants there, so I was like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and go over to the Bar American uh, Bar, the Bar in Bar American, and just have a glass of wine. Now, one thing I hate about being a woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that, it's periods, uh, right? It's got to be periods. <laughs> oh my god! Totally, no. Uh Is that you know? I'm and I'm whatever. I'm I am not a model. I just I look like any other girl. Uh, I was sitting at the bar, but I'm not. No woman is allowed to sit at a bar alone and enjoy a drink. <laughs> You're just not allowed. You are not allowed. You. But I. Doesn't matter what is going on. Some idiot within a 20 mile range. will finally sit down beside you and just go, "What are you looking at on your phone?" Like you were just not allowed to be in peace. And there were these guys and so I and, and there was a guy, a couple guys and a couple girls. So there it was a group and they you know, someone was interacting with me. I was nice about it, but I just really wanted to relax and enjoy this nice glass of wine. And finally he goes, "What are you doing tonight?" And I go, "Do I lie here? Do I say I was at a computer consultant management course or <laughs> Oh, so I, I thought I,
0: you were just being extremely forward. He says, "What are you doing?" And I, like, do I lie down here? <laughs> do I, I lie definitely down misunderstood here? <laughs> with this. Continue. Is this,
1: is this where we're out of okay. this date? <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I said I was playing in the cabaret room. I uh, and he goes, "Oh, you do stand up?" I go, "Yeah, I do stand up." And he turns to his friend and goes, "Oh, she does stand up." And that guy turns to me and goes, "Oh, yeah? How about a tell me a joke?"
0: I hate that.
1: Right? It and it's the most cliche movie. thing on the planet. And I said, "Can you not fucking be that person?" <laughs> That's what I said.
0: To what he said, bitch.
1: (laughs) And yeah, this guy got... It got ugly. He got really really? super mad. Oh my god. I had no... Like, I kind of said, like, could you just not be that fucking person? Like, I'm done. Like, I'll talk to you guys. But, you know, whatever. And he was just like, you must... You clearly like a shitty comic and i you have a wedding ring wrong i read a wedding ring on i can't believe anyone would be want to be married to you and just it went wow like jesus it was awful
0: so dave she met you at the bar it sounds like (laughs) oh i wouldn't what the the hell was that i would never say anything like that you would not it's true he would not you should totally date dave
1: Oh, good to know thanks uh long distance is tough dave but yeah. uh plus I, the wedding
0: ring makes it harder but stuff.
1: yeah oh yeah that, i like how i put that second <laughs> Priorities. Uh, but it was just weird because then i sort of was like listen man i didn't mean anything and he was like yeah yeah, yeah and they, he kind of took off and i paid for my wine and but i was just like oh my god i'm the asshole how did i end up being the asshole in this that guy was the
0: asshole. I think some people are just really good at framing things. I Meaning like you <laughs> yes. whatever the situation is, they'll frame it to make it uh, to make them the good guy or make you feel like the asshole just because that's what they do. I was framed. I was framed. You were absolutely framed.
1: That's what happened. Yeah.
0: Afira, I just realized something. Yeah, what? I was I was just sending your pre my pre-order of your book to my Kindle Aww. and the amazon.com description says that screw everyone is comedian ophira eisenberg's wisecracking first of all let's get rid of that adjective if we can but ophira eisenberg's wisecracking account of how she spent most of her life saying yes to everything and then it goes on but you said no to continuing the french horn and you said no to being a magician's assistant so this whole book is a lie isn't it this is a work of fiction (laughs) i want my pre-order money back that's 976 i'll never get back amazon I didn't
1: uh, didn't say no to the French horn. The French horn said no to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You win again, damn it.
1: (laughs) And magic. That is still, that is still, that's my plan B, magic. That's what I'm going to fall back on.
0: The thing with magic is, (laughs) very few people can both do magic and be cool doing magic. Right. And I say this as a big, big fan. Like Penn & Teller, cool doing magic. David Copperfield, a douche doing magic. Right. Chris Angel, I would put in the douche category because I really despise him. David Blaine. And these are people who really, I mean, yeah. David Blaine and, and Chris Angel are magicians who are trying too hard to look like they are cool. Like they're doing everything they can. Look, I got tattoos and strange I piercings and I, I get moody with my eyes and stuff because Guy they liner. know how dorky magic is. And... I I don't know for me it's I I love magic and I'm not embarrassed of the fact that I went to magic camp for nine years but I can't (laughs) recommend anybody like I can't say hey if you want to be awesome and want the chicks to dig you you know I think there's a lesson in there I think the 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 idea of of dressing yourself up to look really awesome when you know that what you're doing is nerdy we should do that (laughs) I do do that think about what we do for a living we could totally have the cool hair and eyeliner and black leather and shit
1: (laughs) it's the black leather that always gets the chicks
0: i know black leather pants pants right now you are not yeah on a podcast nobody knows you're wearing
1: i'm in a midnight blue uh onesie of leather
0: (laughs) (laughs) hang on i'm on my way to new york (laughs) i'm wearing that purple leather suit that eddie murphy wore on raw
1: That you bought from a, like, yeah. raw, a raw costume sale?
0: <laughs> yeah, I got an it on yeah. eBay. It came with a certificate of authenticity, <laughs> but who knows? It's legit. <laughs> it sounds legit.
1: But I, I, I thought it would always be really interesting to uh, go to the Magic Castle or whatever in L.A. Yes. So we'll say that place is very cool.
0: Yeah, I've heard good things and uh neil patrick harris that's what i was just gonna say if you want to talk about a cool magician besides Penn and teller you got neil patrick harris yeah that's a good example did you ever see neil patrick harris i think it's his first appearance on the tonight show with johnny carson where he does a magic trick
1: no oh my god i have to look out up immediately
0: so it's it's on youtube but I, and i will ruin it for you all so if you want to if you want to enjoy it without my having ruined it for you pause go watch it and then come back but the idea is he goes out and he tells Johnny. Well, first Johnny's like, do you want to do a magic trick? I know they do magic because Johnny Carson, also a cool magician. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, I totally want to do magic. And let me reach behind here where I have my preset prop for doing this magic trick. So it pisses me off right from the beginning because they're acting like this is just their sudden idea to do magic, but they have a prop behind the chair. So clearly he's ready. Calm but down, Lex. He wants, he tells Johnny, he's basically <laughs> okay. Neil Patrick Harris okay. has, a, has a sign in his hands. And he says, Johnny, I want you to imagine you're at a supermarket and picture yourself in one of the aisles and you're walking down the aisle. And I want you to pick something out off the shelf. And Johnny says, okay. And he says, what is it? Johnny Carson says, baked beans. I think it's baked beans. It is. Baked beans. And Neil Patrick Harris says, okay, okay. What do the baked beans cost? Johnny Carson says, it's uh, $1.19. And Neil Patrick Harris says, boom. I knew that and I read your mind ahead of time. Look. And he flips around the sign and it's a barcode. And he says, look, you know, here it is. It's one it's 119. But you can't tell because it's a barcode. So he uh, is a magician and he does it as a little joke instead. That's probably the least cool Neil Patrick Harris has ever been.
1: <laughs> I love, You know what? I love a barcode joke. I'm not going to lie. I love barcode Who bets. doesn't? Uh, one of the funniest Mixed things...
0: Mixed up QR code humor.
1: I, I don't know why, why I was thinking about this, but I used to... At a casino, it was all related. I was in Atlantic City. This was years ago, and I was opening up for an improv duo. They were the headliners, and they would do, you know, this great two-hander improv uh, with based on audience suggestions. So they would do this one kind of classic thing all the time, where they're like, "Okay, we're going on a trip," and blah blah blah. And I'm about to get in the car, oh my, oh no, what's in my knapsack? And at that point, they would, you know, ask the audience to. Give them what was in the knapsack, and that would propel the scene forward. So they are doing this, uh, and every night, and it always kills. And there's also a thing that happens where the audience starts yelling out the same thing every night. It's almost like they have pre-written this because it's always dildo, yes. and it's always Tourette's <laughs> and it's always like that's just what it is every single time. It's a garburator. Yeah, it's yes. always. <laughs> Now, Stephen Wright was, I guess, playing in the the big showroom, and he, this was like in the smaller showroom, he decided to walk in. And uh, the, the improvisers, you know, right before they went on, they are like, hey, do you want to be part of one of our improv games? And he was game for it, which is very cool. Well,
0: and surprising. I, I, I would yeah. not have expected him to say yes.
1: I know. I know. This is quite a long time ago. Uh, and so they're on stage with him, and they're doing that scene, and they're like, okay, we're in the car. We're about to go do this. Oh... Uh, what's in my backpack? And they put their hand out to get the suggestion from the audience. But maybe Stephen Wright didn't understand or maybe he was fucking with them. He answered it. And so he just goes, (laughs) (laughs) he just goes, doll heads. Doll heads was so hard for those guys. I mean, that was like one of the funniest things ever, but they were so used to dildo, Tourette's, vibrator, spatula, you know, the most creative anyone had ever been in the audience that they get doll heads. (laughs)
0: You know, the audience really does start to feel vested in it. Even when they give shitty suggestions, you know, they know when you're bombing and they know when you're not. And so you you feel like there's a lot of shared emotional pressure for everything that's going on. Right. But what I hate about improv comedy is sitting in the audience uh, because I I get insanely, more so than any other thing I watch, I get insanely jealous of the performers on stage and wishing that I were there with them. And so I can't actually enjoy it very much.
1: Oh, have you done improv?
0: Well sure every week on this show yeah, yeah. Yes. no um i i went through the Groundling school in los angeles oh, for yeah. several years so And there you go. um right when i got to the top levels when i moved to new jersey and so i never got to take the last level class and move on but i mean i went yes. to the improv school of hard knocks yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i uh i tried to do improv uh, in toronto second city very prevalent there as well obviously Yes. And I was uh, So bad at it Oh my god was I so bad at
0: it Yeah I don't think it's the same part of the brain that makes somebody funny In the ways that you are funny Like I think it's stand-up comedy And mm-hmm. improvisational mm-hmm. acting comedy are, are not to the untrained observer But I think they're, they're actually They're very different mental muscles I don't think I could do what you do Oh yeah?
1: Well you never know <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could. Uh, but thanks. That's nice.
0: Which is why he'll never start practicing. Right.
1: But, you know, there's also an energy to improv that I both mock and admire because everything is always pretty happy. Like it's upbeat and happy, which is the exact opposite of a lot of stand up. Stand up is just
0: like misery. <laughs> People are miserable. Oh, that's miserable. a great idea for improv.
1: Yeah. Miserable, miserable improv. improv
0: let's do that (laughs) well there's a form of improv there's long form most people are familiar with short form improv like what they do on Who's Line and stuff like that what you see in any kind of if you go to an improv a second city show or whatever you're going to do mostly short form when you do long form there's two kinds of long form improv and there is a kind where the goal is not at all to be funny it's just sort of these serious things most people are terrible at it because people who get interested in improv do it because they want to be improv comics I guess you would say right
1: right exactly but I just want to, uh, from the point of, since I've never seen that from the point of view of the audience, is that enjoyable to watch?
0: No, Probably not. No. Yeah, it
1: sounds terrible. No. It sounds like an
0: acting class thing. There However, is really good long-form comedy improv. And long-form yeah, improv yeah. to me is way more entertaining than short-form improv because it takes a lot more... It takes a lot more talent, and so it's and it's much more complicated. And the you, you know you can go to an improv comedy show where they do Who's Line style games, and you can be entertained because people who do that, uh, if they're good at it, can be very funny. But when you see long form, it's not just people who are funny; it's people who are geniuses, and so it's really entertaining. We should start looking for a closer. Okay. I feel a lot of pressure right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know. I'm just gonna follow. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna yes and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, I've got nothing to follow. Yes, and.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm yes, and you. Okay, but that's okay. See, that's what an improviser would do. If you have nothing, I would go, that's okay. We can have nothing together.
0: What they taught us in in Groundlings is if you get to a point where you just don't know what to say, they gave us a couple of really good um, potential segues. And my favorite was always, I have a confession to make. That's it. I mean, so because it's it's really hard to say that and then not have something not have something come to mind to confess. But
1: right, and no one's going to answer that and go, nah, we we have to leave now. We don't have time for you." Like they wouldn't block you. That's a you confession. Who fucking yeah. cares? Yeah, exactly. If I have a problem. <laughs> I like that idea of all block improv too. Misery improv, all block improv, and all French horn improv.
0: We should do this. We should. We should do an all uh, an all downer improv evening together. <laughs> I'm into it.
1: I also want to do a uh, open mic, an amateur night that is all TED talks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meaning amateurs doing TED talks or getting yeah, actual yeah, TED yeah. speakers up?
1: No, 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 no. Like, just you have five minutes to do your like <laughs> TED talk. I, just, I
0: I just keep thinking about the fact that the. Um, the French horn has one of the more sexual instrument names in the world. The French
1: horn? Uh, well, according to... Oh, and that was another thing that same band teacher said. There was one girl who decided to play trombone. And at one point, uh, I you know, she had a hard, she was struggling with it. Uh, and he said, yeah, you have to have balls to play trombone. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> nice thing to say
0: to someone. Really, Lex, you think the French horn sounds more sexual than, uh, say, bassoon?
1: Trombone? or bassoon
0: french horn you got horniness and frenching it's yeah i guess the the french horn basically sums up my teenage dreams (laughs) (laughs) in in so many ways Nice. i I just want to say my wife is in the hallway outside and i heard her laugh when i said that so she's clearly (laughs) laughing at me (laughs)
1: no i think that was a maniacal laugh like ha ha never again you will never (laughs) have those years back
0: No French horn for you tonight.
1: No French horn.
0: (laughs) Is that what you guys call it? I I think, not to draw this out, but I think that most musical instruments are sexually named, if you think about it.
1: Oboe? Oh my gosh,
0: I hear Well, Not not like overtly so, but the names will sound, not suggestive, but sexy.
1: Tambourine? Viola? Viola, yeah, sure, sure. Cello? It's all how you say it,
0: clearly. Oh yeah, there's that.
1: You're going to be
0: like, that doesn't sound very sensual. <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> I might not be good at this. Yeah. Cowbell.
1: <laughs> cowbell.
0: <laughs> oh, do they play the cowbell during the, the, the parade? stock parade?
1: <laughs> Drives the cows crazy!
0: <laughs> I keep hearing Bessie around, and I don't see her anywhere, <laughs> thinks the cow. They have a little monkey with a cowboy hat that plays the cowbell as they go down the street.
1: Aww. I am
0: making that up. Do not go to the parade.
1: And just so you know, cows and monkeys are natural friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're not natural enemies. I think we should do... I'm being serious here. I think we should do this downer improv thing and bring in Colton as the fourth man. <laughs> downer
1: improv. That's perfect. We should call it that. That's perfect.
0: A night of hilarious depression.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Downer improv is awesome.
0: It'll be the worst night you'll ever enjoy.
1: <laughs> it's not it's not yes end, it's I guess